CBD stands for what the hell does that mean? That is why we were joined by Dr. Cohen Kakar, Chief Marketing Officer of the Anthos Group, who will tell us what it really stands for and everything about it. We all know CBD consumption has been on the rise, so this will be a perfect opportunity to learn more about it from someone who has the knowledge. But before we start, Cohen, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell all the listeners more about your background? What's up, everybody? It's a pleasure to be here and uh, be talking to you. My, I call you my little nephew, but of course, you're like <laughs> a foot taller than me, but <laughs> we'll keep that on the low. Uh, no, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Uh, CBD is definitely something that's um, exploded, like you said, uh, everywhere you look, whether it be uh, social media ads, even on the radio billboards. And um, there's a lot of different information out there. So happy to be here. Um, like you said, I, I work with a company called the Anthos Group. I oversee our marketing and medical education. And uh, my kind of ambition is to spread the true information out there. We're, we are a data-driven company. We put our products into clinical trials. We do a lot of scientific research and development really to get a strong message out there. So, yeah, looking forward to our conversation, man. Nice, nice. So how did that come about real quick about your background and like what, how, did, like, how did you guys come with that company and, and utilize your profession and all that. Absolutely. So my background is I'm actually a pharmacologist. I went to pharmacy school, did business school, and I went into big pharma. I worked with uh, two major pharmaceutical companies, one being Eli Lilly here in uh, Indianapolis, and then one being AbbVie, which is uh, headquartered near Chicago. So I was uh, in medical affairs where we worked on launch teams of new drugs, really working with doctors to set up clinical trials, answer their drug questions, things like that. Then I got recruited by a company called Slingshot Health, and uh, Slingshot Health focused really on the medical education aspect, and they were educating providers and doctors all over the country on different topics that were hot, uh, like pharmacogenomics, personalized medicine, but inevitably, as we were out there talking to doctors, we started getting a lot of questions on CBD, like, all my patients are on this stuff, what the heck is it, and uh, what, what do I tell them? So as we started doing our research, you know, it was like, holy cow, there is no regulations out here. It's just a free for all and then all kinds of claims being made. So that's where we saw an opportunity to really take a pharmaceutical approach into this industry and create a product line that physicians, pharmacists and just the general public could confidently endorse and say, OK, this is a medical grade product that's safe to take and can be beneficial for me. So um, in order to do that, we actually had to uh, merge with a company called Apex Biosciences. And that's what forms our company today called the Anthos Group. And the reason that merger was so important is the main thing, if there's one takeaway about CBD I want to leave everyone with, is it's important to verify your source. And the reason we completed that merger is so we knew every step of the way. With that merger, we all of a sudden had 200 acres out in Eugene, Oregon, where our hemp is cultivated. It's, it's our own team out there growing it, nurturing it, making sure it's a clean and healthy hemp plant from which that CBD is coming from. And then that goes to our processing facility in Gardena, California, where we extract the CBD and it's formulated. We have a team of clinicians, myself, a few physicians, pharmacists. We work together to create products that have those organic components like CBD and other cannabinoids, which we'll talk about, and really making them into products that are effective for people on a clinical level, whether they're looking for pain relief or sleep uh, enhancement or anxiety relief, things like that. So really what we call in the industry is seed to shelf. That's what we really try to have control over to guarantee the quality in our products. And the only way to do it is to, in fact, control every step and not outsource like a lot of companies do. Awesome. Awesome. 
So for the first half, we'll talk about CBD, everything CBD. We'll do a CBD 101 course with you. We're going to bombard you with questions. Hopefully you can answer them. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, and then the second half, we'll talk more about your company, how you mentioned, and then your product, your medical brand too, right? Cyto CBD. We'll get into that. For sure. And, and, and that. So um, what does CBD stand for? Because I already I don't want to mispronounce anything. I already did it in a previous <laughs> episode, and I got crap for that. So I'm not hey, doing that again. Trust me. <laughs> I, I've, I've been to many conferences and panels with quote-unquote experts, and everyone has a different pronunciation <laughs> of it. So it's actually cannabidiol. cannabidiol. So it's cannabidiol, and it's derived because um, – and, and we can go into the science a little bit here. So what happens is the hemp plant – produces what's called phytocannabinoids and in that phytocannabinoid family there's a bunch of different cannabinoids like cbd being one there's one called cbg cbn so in this case cbd is cannabidiol gotcha okay so you bring up the hemp, the hemp plant right and i think there's a lot of misconceptions right off the bat that cbd comes from hemp plant as opposed to the cannabis plant correct so, yeah what are the main differences, like the main chemical differences, I guess, between those two plants? Absolutely. So actually, the, the reason for the confusion is, okay, it's all in the cannabis family, but there's marijuana and there's hemp. Now, the main difference is marijuana is very high in THC and low in CBD, whereas hemp is the inverse of that, high in CBD and low in THC. So when you think about the effects you get with marijuana, that high that high is a result of that high THC level in the marijuana plant, and they basically interact with receptors in our brain that give us that euphoria and that high feeling. However, with CBD, kind of the reason it's caught all this hype is that you're getting all those potential benefits like relief and pain, anxiety, inflammation without the high because it's the CBD doing the work as opposed to the THC. Got it. And through my research, that's pretty much psychoactive versus non-psychoactive, right? Psychoactive is the cannabis plant. That's where you get that high in your head. And then the non-psychoactive is kind of the CBD just relaxes your body, right? That's exactly right. So, you know, when we say psychoactive, we're talking about that euphoria, that high. But at the same time, CBD does have some effect on the brain. That's what helps with the sleep and the anxiety, but not in the same way THC does. Those receptors that THC actually logs on to that's what causes that high. And, and, and fortunately, we found ways to have CBD with either very low THC or no THC at all. So you have no mental effects. And like you said, it goes through what's called the endocannabinoid system. And in our bodies, there's a natural endocannabinoid system of over 65 receptors that spread throughout our body. And CBD has high affinity, as do the other cannabinoids, with those receptors as well as other receptors that enhance that effect. Can you elaborate, you know, hemp was illegal for a while and then it became legal through the federal government a couple of years ago. Why did it take the federal government so long to finally say, hey, you know, we are going to allow hemp to be grown legally? Yeah, great question. And, and unfortunately, it's, it's still a question that some states are struggling with still. And, and it goes back to uh, what we kind of just talked about. There's a confusion it's hard for them to differentiate marijuana and hemp, first of all, but also that CBD does not cause the same high and create that same danger that sometimes THC can be associated with. So that's why there were, it took a long time, different data to come out. And I think what really busted the doors open was when there's a drug called Epidiolex was approved by the FDA, where the active ingredient is actually CBD. And it's approved for rare forms of epilepsy or seizures in children. So that's what really all of a sudden gave everyone this thought that, oh, my God, this actually could be a therapeutic plant. And then, like you said, Farm Bill of 2018, finally, we got the federal clearance that, hey, 
hemp products, hemp derived products are legal. But now we're seeing some states that are still a little slow on that, that don't want to necessarily legalize it because, you know, and, you know, I think their stance really is because of the lack of regulation right now, there isn't enough infrastructure in place to know which players are doing it the right way and which ones are cooking it up in their garage. So I think that's why we're still seeing some delays here and there and you see some controversy around it. Do you think there is still going to be delays for the foreseeable future or do you think with the widespread use of it, it's going to ramp up a little bit quicker. Yeah, so uh, that's something we, we go into every day. And, um, you know, it's funny, uh, the former commissioner of the FDA, Scott Gottlieb, amazing guy, he was uh, really getting on the brink of, of really we were about to get some kind of regulation there. And uh, he en- ended up leaving the FDA. And now the, the new commissioner that's there now, They've been working and taking steps towards finally regulating it. And and we're seeing it a little bit, right? You see in the big box stores like CVS, Walgreens, we're seeing CBD products out there. But of course, now with the pandemic, I think everything is on the back burner. So so to answer your question, we're, we're definitely getting closer. And I think, you know, once things hopefully stabilize with what's going on in the world, this will be something that closely follows behind. And we should see positive results. We haven't seen anything negative to, um, that we could say that would be a reason for them not to regulate it and, and deem it as approvable. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's backed up by a lot of data. CBD is very well tolerated. Gotcha. So I think, I think one of the main misconceptions you see right off the bat is seeing that the plant, the image, right? You see the hemp plant and then you see the cannabis plant. Like I bought a shampoo once that has, it was CBD, but it was a hemp plant on there. And I wasn't sure. I was like, am I about to get high if I take, if I, you know, if I put the shampoo on or <laughs> The shower come out of the bathroom like all fogged up like i think that's confusion right people don't know the difference between like first of all the image right you see the image it looks alike like yeah. what you just said it falls underneath the, uh, the umbrella but then people don't understand that there's that actual difference of what's actually happening to your body right that, that's exactly right and i think you know it's it's so funny and you nailed it that that leaf that image it's, leaf, it's so confusing yeah. The, the, the common person won't know the difference between a marijuana leaf and a hemp plant what's yeah. really ironic is all the CBD actually has nothing to do with those leaves. It actually comes out of something called the hemp flower. So, you know, that, that's kind of a, a fun fact there. You know, everyone thinks about the image of the leaves, but it's really the hemp flower, the little bud that's in the middle of all that is where all those uh, cannabinoids are derived from. And, you know, th- you're absolutely right. It's, it's a very confusing thing, you know, because we've been so trained over the years that, you know, marijuana makes you high, THC makes you high. Anything with that kind of feel might have that kind of effect. But it's, it's also important to remember when we talk about how to even with marijuana, how do you get high either by inhaling it or by eating it, right? So most of these products, like the one you mentioned, the shampoo, the, the muscle rubs we see, the different topical creams, they're not getting that kind of absorption where, where THC would actually go into your bloodstream. And there's a lot of studies that actually show you that. And I'm not saying that all of them, you know, it depends on the system. The transdermal system is what we call it, that the CBD and other ingredients are infused to and how deep they penetrate into your skin and your muscle but for the most part with topicals you're going to get really limited absorption because the skin is it's not easy to get into gotcha so what do you tell somebody as far from a marketing perspective that wants to stay away from all that that shies away that immediately they see that leap or you know they don't take anything they don't want to do anything to their body and they're not aware that cbd could actually be beneficial to them how do you market that kind of group and that that demographic Yeah, no, I love that. And it's something I take a deep passion for. And, you know, we have been trained by, you know, whether it be big pharma or or medicine and and science in general that, okay, you know, if we have this symptom, we have pain here, or if we have depression here, or if we have 
anxiety here. This is the class of drugs. This is what we need to do. And this is how to treat it, right? But what has been overlooked all this time and more and more medicine is developing towards this is that we actually need to take a holistic view of things. Like if you have chronic back pain, let's say, you're not going to sleep well at night. And if you're not sleeping well at night, you might start getting depressed. You might start experiencing higher stress and anxiety levels. So it's all connected together. So it's important to remember now with CBD, to, to go back to your question, what we've discovered is this component that's basically fulfilling what's called, again, our endocannabinoid system. When As we age, so we have natural cannab- endocannabinoids in our body. So the system of receptors, like I mentioned, it's uh, the endocannabinoid system, and it responds to natural, what we call endocannabinoids in our body. An example might be anandamide, 2-AG. But as we age, similar to like hormones, those levels start dropping over time. So then all of a sudden, we found phytocannabinoids like CBD that can restore that balance within the endocannabinoid system. So it's really replacing those natural cannabinoids that have fallen off or decreased in level, bringing in those cannabinoids. And that's why all of a sudden we can see that what I called holistic relief. All of a sudden you're sleeping better. All of a sudden you're not as sad or, or you don't experience as much anxiety anymore. And it's because of that CBD. So you're right. There is a lot of stigma associated with that leaf image and different things they might have heard or experienced in the past. But if you take a step back and understand the science about the endocannabinoid system and how this has become a supplement to support it, you can find some really good relief in, in, in a lot of cases. You know, And uh, again, we're, we're not a company like a lot of them are out there that make crazy claims. And I've, I've strictly advised my team never to make claims without any data. So um, what I can say is there's a lot of strong data to support the use of CBD in pain, inflammation, sleep, stress, anxiety, depression, PTSD. Those are, those are where I've seen really good data and good studies, clinical trials going on. And uh, hopefully we, we continue to see more. Is, is my doctor trained in giving sorts of recommendations for CBD products? Or who would I go to that would kind of give me uh, data to make sure I have an informed decision when it comes to CBD products? Yeah, and, and you've nailed the major pain point of the industry. Is is they're not to, to answer your question? No, the, they haven't learned that in med school, at least as of yet. Okay. Uh, again, you know, because it hasn't been federally legal till 2018, the education before that really didn't touch on it. We're starting to see more education go towards the physicians and pharmacists, but right now it's at a very very infant stage, and that's kind of the principle we've built our company on. Uh, employing clinicians, pharmacists to be able to offer that guidance and, and that support. So, um, you know, to answer your question more directly, if you were to go to your doctor, they may not be able to educate you on specifically what CBD can do for you, but hopefully they have found a brand that they can recommend to their patients oh, okay. that may or may not help them. What type of pathway do you see like towards, you know, more education, like towards doctors or like people that would consider you know, this is my official health person. Like, like, how are you trying to expand like those roads and, you know, just to get more solid information to the consumer? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really, it's a big challenge, right? How do you get time to educate those that we know consumers and patients are going towards? And we were in a uniquely uh, lucky position, I would say, like I mentioned, being at Slingshot Health before we developed this huge network of prescribers. And then we went into CBD, all of a sudden we had access to them where we could kind of start educating them and inviting them. So in fact, if you go to our website, there's a science tab and there's educational webinars. And uh, we've just launched a YouTube channel called Cyto60. 
60 second videos just giving you quick educational updates on what can CBD do for your joint pain or your muscle pain or how to take it. So, uh, you know, uh, and again, it's, it's, there's a fine line, right? Because you don't want to be too promotional where it looks like you're just pushing product. We do want to stay educational. So um, we really are consistently trying to find channels to educate prescribers so they can make the best decision for their patients. You know, it's not about the product. It's about the end result. And of course now is, is, you know, you would think it's more challenging because, uh, I, to be honest, most of our touch points with prescribers and, and doctors come at trade shows or conferences. And now yeah. with all of that being on hold, a lot of it has moved to virtual education. So we're really trying to use those channels, educational webinars, uh, like I said, the YouTube channel and other uh, just consultations. In fact, if you go to our website, you can actually schedule a consultation with one of our clinicians and almost have like a telehealth visit. So, the, you know, little things like that that can really be effective to get information across and help patients find good solutions for themselves. Yeah. Sometimes you see like CBD kind of touted as like you mentioned this earlier about like there's a lot of false or like false information like without data. Like I sometimes I see it like touted as like some sort of cure-all like kind of in a way. But like what um, like in your like vision like what what do you think it's best used for? And like, what are like some side effects that come with it too? Yeah, no, great question. And you're right, man. I, I wish I could sit here and say that, you know, it's an honest industry that's uh, every company is doing it the right way. But unfortunately, as with many companies, right, many industries, it's not done that way. And, um, you know, we, we do hear a lot of claims. And, you know, like I mentioned, I've mentioned where I've seen data to support it. But if you were to ask me which patients we've seen benefit the most, I would say a couple of things. I would say definitely in pain and inflammation. And uh, when we talk about inflammation, you know, the, the common thing is, you know, we think about swelling, we think about puffiness, but inflammation actually goes a little further. Inflammation is, is it involves basically what we call these inflammatory cells in our body called cytokines. And what happens is anytime we have some type of injury or over, as we age, those cytokines really rush to a, a certain site, and that's what can cause something like arthritis or psoriasis or even ulcerative colitis. And 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 that auto, what we call it's an autoimmune response. Basically, all these cytokines are going to that site and creating pain. And inflammation is the leading cause of pain. There's awesome data, awesome data on CBD being able to inhibit or stop those inflammatory cytokines, and that in essence leads to what's called what's the pain relief. And what, the reason that excites me so much is, like I said, being in big pharma, I supported one of the biggest drugs in the world uh, called Humira. And the mechanism of action is that it was actually inhibiting a, a major cytokine called the TNF-alpha. And as we're seeing more data, of course, not at the same potency level, you know, but we are seeing that CBD can stop that inflammation of TNF-alpha and other factors uh, on, a, on a much smaller scale. But all of a sudden, you have this option for your mild to moderate patients who might not want to go to a biologic just yet. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the the science behind it, and why we're seeing so much, uh, so many great results in both uh, pain and inflammation, and then also, like I said, stress and anxiety and sleep. Those three things we've seen really good results in, and that has a lot to do with not only the CBD that works on the receptors in the brain, but the other phytocannabinoids like CBN and CBG that are contributing to that effect. Well, if um, that's the case, I'm about to get my mom a whole pack of CBD. <laughs> hey, I got you. Let, let me know. <laughs> this pandemic that's going on, right? Yeah. I feel like everybody's been bugging out about, you know, so, seeing the news every day and just being 
influence on everything they're hearing. You know, they're, the stress level they're getting high. That's a great point. And Fran, to go back to your point, I mean, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of news articles saying, oh, CBD might be helpful in the virus and things like that. And, and we just have to filter it carefully because, mm-hmm. you know, while, while CBD can benefit the body and, and potentially upregulate some of our immune immunity, we can't we can't be going out and making claims like that. It's, it's way too vulnerable of a time. And, and, and I, I cringe sometimes when I see companies touting that kind of thing. Yeah. Does CBD inhibit your any type of motor functions? Because what I've seen lately is athletes consuming CBD. I think I've seen Phil Mickelson taking some droplets of CBD out on the golf course. And that's something that's completely new for me. So can you explain a little bit about how like those types of athletes consume it and what are some side effects that they're looking for? Sure, absolutely. So what's really cool is I can sit here and honestly look at you guys in the eye and tell you that there have been no serious side effects identified. All we've seen is minor side effects like nausea, vomiting, something like that. But you're not really at risk of anything more adverse or serious, like any kind of rash or something like that. I I will go ahead and say that, you know, it is important to uh, consult with a doctor if you do have an underlying condition or if you have other drugs that you're taking. Um, Truth is, uh, CBD goes through a metabolic pathway uh, through an enzyme called cytochrome P450, which is another, is a, it's a common pathway of other drugs as well. So it's really just um, kind of a checkoff. You know, you're taking so little every day. I mean, at, most of our uh, patients take less than 100 milligrams a day. So the, the, the risk of any interaction is low. But, um, you know, it is, it's smart to just check off in case you are taking other medicines. Um, now to go back to what you were saying is... Um, you know, how people are taking it, both sublingual oils and topicals. And um, it's an it's an effective way. So what we're seeing with sublingual oils is that uh, we're getting about a 35% absorption rate. And what that means is people are putting it under their tongue. And under the tongue, there's a high amount of what we call vasculature, a lot of veins that are there. And that's where it's actually being absorbed into the blood. So that, that's why they tell you to put it under your tongue, let it sit for about 10, 15 seconds, and then let it absorb. Um, so the truth is, you know, we see a lot of gummies and, and uh, capsules and things like that. And most of those products aren't being made with what's called water-soluble CBD, and their absorption is extremely low, like not less than 9%. So it's almost kind of, you know, you, you got to be very careful in, in what you're choosing. And then, of course, with athletes, like you said, they love the topicals, right? They're being applied straight to sore muscles or joints. And the reason for that, again, is to go back to the inflammation. The CBD is getting that penetration where it can reduce inflammation and then reduce pain in the joints and the, the back and things like that. So I've seen, like what you just mentioned, I've seen mul- multiple methods of consumption, flowers, gummies, oil drops, mints, tea, the lotion, topical creams. Is there a best method? I know you just said the oil, right? Because I guess there's a higher uh, absorption rate. Is that is that the best method in your opinion, or is there a data for that? So yeah, th- there's definitely data, and that's that's the golden question. If you were to ask me just in general, I would say yes, the oil is the safest way to go. Uh, it has, like I said, 35% or, or around there, 30 to 35% absorption. I'm not saying it's the highest absorption out there. Like you can vape, and vape will give you about a 70 to 75% uh, absorption rate, but as you guys know, you know, the press that's been around vape and the things they're mixing it with, I would not recommend anyone go down that road. Why, why make yourself uh, susceptible to that? If the oil, you know, the oils is a new thing, right? A lot of people have never done any oils before, so it's kind of something new. So if people feel com- more comfortable with um, like a, a soft gel or a capsule, there's definitely water-soluble formulations out there. So it's important to 
see if uh, you know the if you're considering a certain product, which we're going to have one soon as well. Just FYI, there's the plug. But uh, yeah, so we have a water soluble capsule coming out, which does have enhanced absorption because it bypasses that metabolism. So, you know, to start off with, the oil is good, but for spot pain, um, specifically like back pain, joint pain, get, give the topical a try. It, that We've seen really good results. And again, getting that penetration, it, it, we've, we've heard some good feedback. Okay. Interesting. That's good to know. Would it be a good way to determine uh, how you're buying like a quality CBD product? Like what are the things to look out for? Yeah. So number one thing I would recommend to look for is a CGMP stamp. Um, you know, make sure that the packaging somewhere talks about the product being manufactured at a CGMP certified facility. And what that stands for is current good manufacturing uh, practice. The reason I say that is because, again, with no regulation in the industry, we're seeing all these products flood to market and they, they may not be, be being manufactured in a safe fashion. So I would say that first and foremost is the most important thing. Then you start looking into specifics as to what are you taking it for? Are you taking it for pain or, or skin care? Then you want to look at what the entire formulation is, what it's being mixed with, and if, if it's been effective. So um, definitely look for that CGMP somewhere on the box. And, and if, if it's there, then I'd say you're probably in good shape. Interesting. Okay. So I have a question. It's maybe a silly question. So pardon my ignorance, but is CBD considered a drug? So, <laughs> all right. So, um, another curveball at you. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Um, and it's a very fair question. So by definition, uh, when we look at a chemical that has an action on our body, yes, it's a drug, right? But um, now that the farm bill has come by in 2018, right now, that's what the FDA is, is trying to find out is, is this a supplement or, or what is it, right? So, I mean, we got some guidance initially that, okay, we sh it should be called a dietary supplement and we're good to go. But now recently the FDA said it's not a dietary supplement. So it's really in a gray area. So to answer your question, from the pharmacologist in me is saying, yes, it is a drug because it can still have an effect on those receptors that pharmaceutical drugs target as well. But from a classification standpoint, I would say more likely than not, it's going to be considered a supplement. Okay. And is there any data, back to the data point, is there any data that CBD can, is kind of a segue to other drugs, like, you know what I mean? It, it leads you to take other things like, oh, this is working. Why don't I take another product or another thing that's going to help my body as well? Is there any evidence for that? Yeah, you know, it's a hot topic and, and that's a that's a, a great um, question. You know, we have seen that, um, well, they, they call it a gateway drug, right? Gateway. When you start one and then you, you might be likely to try others. So far, <laughs> we haven't seen that. In fact, we've seen the opposite. There was a study out of a uh, in January, and it was in a in a journal. I want to say it was the Postgraduate Medicine Journal. So what they did is they took uh, patients with chronic pain that have been on opioids for over a year. Um, and, you know that that's a considerable time to be on Vicodin and things like that. And they started giving them CBD, and within eight weeks, fifty three percent of the patients were either able to reduce their opioid dose or completely eliminate it. So that's kind of where it's exciting, right? Instead of being a gateway drug, you're actually weaning people off of other drugs. So that's that's actually honestly really where I see the uh, value of CBD being touted, being able to taper off those opioids and different drugs like that, because 
as you guys probably remember, in 2018, we were at the peak of the opioid crisis where people were overdosing and, and, and dying. And now all of a sudden we have a natural therapy for that. So to answer your question more directly, we have not seen any data showing that it leads as a gateway drug. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a case by case basis. But overall, we haven't seen anything that would uh, kind of uh, emphasize that trend or indicate that that would be the case. Gotcha. So that's an interesting viewpoint because that so essentially kind of takes you away from using other drugs, quote unquote, right? As long as you're using CBD, that could it's a safe, safe, whatever you want to call it, beneficial way of taking uh, a supplement, right? That's the goal. And in fact, I have a consumer insights report. Actually, I just got a couple of weeks ago. Thirty-eight percent of people that take CBD are taking it to get off of their drug, the, a, a prescription drug. Because you got to think about all the anti-anxiety and the anti-depression drugs people are on, so they're finding some relief with this and. Of that 38%, 22% of those people have been able to uh, get off of their opioids. So that's, you know, it's pretty indicative, like almost, uh, like I said, almost a res- reverse of whatever that uh, gateway drug is. It's, we're seeing a reverse effect. That's interesting. Um, so before we move on about the company, G or Fran, do you guys have any more questions about this CBD 101 course we're in right now? Yeah, a quick question about how you were talking about like opioids um, and like other pain relief. Uh, medication so like i i know that like a lot of like athletes like football players have been like really pushing for um uh, cbd you know because it helps you know them get off like opioids and other pain medication like how how impactful has their support been like I mean, do you see a timeline where the like like major sports like ma- mainly the nfl would just be like be okay with uh, cbd consumption yeah, you know, it's it's a great question. And what we do know for a fact is that the NFL is studying it. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm surprised that they haven't approved it yet or for, for players. Um, man, you guys saw, right? Rob Gronkowski in retirement yeah. came out and, and promoted CBD Medic. And um, it, I, if you were to ask me a timeline, I, I just don't know. Um, I do think eventually they – they almost have to, right? We're seeing more and more like the MLB, for instance, just recently said they won't be testing for cannabis anymore. I know the NFL is doing studies. So I wouldn't be surprised if it takes um, less. Yeah, I'd say about a year. I think we're about a year away, especially because we're seeing a lot of the other leagues. Like look at combat fighting, UFC and things like that. They're embracing it with, with open arms. And when you think about the concussion risks and things like that, it's, it's pretty similar to CBD. So excuse me, it's to the NFL. So I foresee the NFL probably greenlighting it soon okay. once they understand what the difference is. <laughs> yeah. You bring up the UFC friend in the UFC with Nate Diaz always smoking in the press conference. Is that CBD that he's like? That he's yeah, that's what he's pushing. Yeah. I think he has his own brand, so he has a, a great platform to promote it. <laughs> okay. So, Fran, do you know if that's legal in the UFC? Uh, like, fight after? I, I believe so. Um, when, he, when he did it right after the fight. Yeah, he probably got his drug test right after the fight. Maybe. Yeah, and and you see all the big fighters, right? Like Masvidal, he's uh, promoting CBD MD, and yeah. you know we're we're in talks with a few ourselves. So I, I think for the most part it is. And again, these guys are mostly using it topically. Uh, of course, Diaz is smoking it, but others prefer you know post workout things like that. So I, as far as I know, I don't I haven't heard any restriction from the UFC. Got it. Cool. All right, so let's switch gears here. Um, you talked about Oregon, right? You guys are growing out there. Can you kind of explain how that whole process works as well? Uh, yeah, sure. What it looks like, the feels, and all that. We want to. We want to know, man. Awesome, awesome, absolutely. So again, I'll, I'll try to keep it. You know, not as. Yeah, look, I'll be honest. I'm a nerd, so I might jump yeah. into the technical the short details. Version, yeah, the high yeah, level. Yeah, I'll try to shorten it. 
So, yeah, I mean, look, it, it all starts on the farm. And, um, you know, when we think about agriculture historically, you know, what we learned in school, right? You throw a seed in the soil, you water it, give it sun, and it's going to grow. Um, hemp doesn't necessarily work that way. You have to think about a lot of factors. The hemp plant requires a lot of water, a lot of water. And, um, you know, there's a lot of weather conditions. So we actually specifically selected um, Eugene, Oregon, where the University of Oregon is, is where our farms are. Like I said, we have 200 acres out there and they're located at latitude 45. And that was strategically selected because latitude 45 is known for very nutritious soil. In fact, you'll see wineries all over the place because the vineyards are so strong and they, they really produce a great product. So how it all starts is actually, you don't really throw the seed in the soil. You actually grow in a, in a program that's called uh, seed germination. And, and what that means is during that process, we do a soil analysis before the plant, the seed, anything goes in. We're testing for pH, we're testing for the nutrition, and we're actually even manufacturing what we call a tea in-house that we know can supplement these plants. So then a part of the seed germination process is we grow these in a greenhouse, we get them to a level where we can test them for weather conditions. So they're actually tested in different temperatures, different amounts of rain, moisture. And then once they can withstand that weathering, that's when they go out into the field and they get planted. And then they go out into the field and then uh, we have an in-house well and irrigation system that all waters it. I mean, it has to be constantly watered. And then, um, you know, it just, the weather's out of your hands, right? I mean, some hailstorms, for instance, took out a lot of product in Oregon this year. In the Midwest, the rains knocked it out. And by the way, there's only one harvest a year, right? So you have to make the best of it. So, uh, that, and that harvest time is around September or October, where you actually take the plants out and start extraction. So that's really the, the farm kind of process in a nutshell, really taking that seed germination, supplementing it with the in-house tea, making sure it has the nutrients, and then your main goal is, again, going back to that exact hemp flower and making sure it's very high in phytocannabinoids, low in THC, of course, and then going on to the processing, which is a whole other science as well. <laughs> so from inception to all the way from making the product, how long does that take? So, yeah, I'd say we basically started planning here in early May, and then we're going to, it's going to be about a five-month, that's a four- to five-month growth process where the plant is in full form. Once it's in full form, we uh, produce what's called biomass, where you take the hemp flower and it gets milled into very fine, not like a powder, but very fine particles. And then from the biomass is where it goes into extraction. So now when you go to extraction, you want to extract the CBD, you want to remove the THC. So you're talking about a, about a six to nine month process of uh, planting to final finished product. And then finished product, of course, depends on what you're manufacturing, what your manufacturing facility does, bottling and, and packaging, all that kind of stuff as well. And within that, you also get like the flower, right? Yeah. What, yeah. what is that flower exactly? So the flower is comes from straight from the plant. And now what we're seeing with a lot of people are doing, you mentioned flower earlier as well, is people are actually smoking it because that's, again, where the phytocannabinoids are. It's not the leaves. And in fact, we're actually uh, collaborating with a cigar company um, that's taking that flyer, flower and going to infuse it into their cigars so it can add not only to that relaxed efficacy and that effect, but also it really gives a beautiful smell once it's lit. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Aside, aside from the flour and what you extract, you're left over with this, all this material. Do you do anything with the excess material or do you just dump it or what goes into that process? Yeah, no, very good question. So actually there's a process. We do this. I'm not sure a lot of farms do this, but we actually take parts of the plant 
and reinstall them into the soil that we know can kind of, uh, I guess, increase the nutrition of the soil. So when you talk about the leaves and stuff like that, we can actually put them back into the soil and that helps us uh, actually uh, install what we call a cloning program because you want the same quality plant every time, right? So by taking those parts from a good plant and reinstalling them into the soil, you have a higher chance of recreating that same success. Now, the stems are interesting. This is something we're working on as well. Nothing is, um, you know, it's still early stage, but the stems actually give you this nice, like almost like a straw. So we're talking to a straw company about, you know, how there's a big movement every time you go to restaurants and bars, like when we used to back in the days, it's been a while, uh, yeah. you get these paper straws, you know, that they've done away with the plastic straws. So all of a sudden these stems actually, they could serve as kind of a natural straw. I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but it's a thought, you know, and, and we're on the same page as you. What can we do to utilize this material as opposed to just letting it go to waste? Right. Yeah. So when you talk about reinstallation, is that, are you saying you're actually like, can you explain that? Or is it more like a, I'm composting? Sure, sure. So what we're doing is uh, like, again, it's, it's basically what's left over of the plant besides the flower. So we're taking that and actually putting it into the soil. So they have a way and, and I'm no farming expert by any means, but uh, yeah. from, from what they've told me, they have a way of putting it back into the soil and working it to make it a part of well, the ecosystem there. So let's say, uh, for instance, we know that phosphorus is high in the soil. We, we know that leads to good hemp plants. So in these leaves, if there's a good amount of phosphorus, they can put it back into the soil and then they know that soil will be nutritious for the next planting. Uh, cool. So basically what you're saying is you guys are uh, the Narcos Mexico version of CBD. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty much hearing. If you ask your aunt Ramnik, uh, you know, <laughs> she, she, she's seen me, you know, talking about it like I'm, I'm, I'm Escobar, but you know, uh, it's, it's like, it's like living out of fantasy <laughs> except yeah. legally, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys are flying there often and making sure everything's being grown properly? Yeah, we go out there pretty often, especially during growing season. Um, unfortunately, this is the first year we couldn't go out there because of everything going on. But, um, you know, yeah. it's it's weird, man. And, and, you know, we're probably going on a tangent you guys didn't expect here. But I swear you get an emotional attachment to these plants, man. You're raising them, you're nurturing them, and you uh, you, you almost you want to see them succeed, right? And, you know, being a father of two, that, that kind of carries over to my work. And you want these guys to really grow up and, and be nutritious. And uh, it's hard not being there and, and being a part of that process. So how is everything being affected right now in a nutshell in terms of like the coronavirus and all that and what you guys and cannot do? Can yeah, you know, it, it's been crazy. Absolutely crazy. I will say the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the, um, the uh, not the blessing in disguise, but as you guys probably are aware, um, the government deemed cannabis as, as an essential business. So that allowed us to continue our operations, at least. Um, I would say the biggest impact, you know, again, growing, it, it took, a, it was challenging seeing who was available, who was okay. So luckily our team out in Oregon was able to manage it. But when you talk about actual sales and, and all that, that's where I'd say we'd take, we took the biggest hit initially. But just like you guys and everyone else, everyone's adapted. You have to go into the virtual world and um, luckily, our e-commerce uh, business has kind of made up for uh, what we were doing in, in B2B sales. So I'd say that was the biggest challenge, but now that's been doing pretty well, and we're, we're trying to be creative in, in ways to grow. Yeah, just got to adapt and move forward. Exactly. So as we wrap things here, um, can you talk about your guys' product, Cyto CBD, and what that's all about? Absolutely. And um, so Cyto CBD is our flagship product. And again, because we were in the medical space, we wanted to take a really pharmaceutical approach to creating a product that not only was safe and had organic ingredients, but 
a product that we knew was clinically effective that would help people. And to justify that, we've actually enrolled it into clinical trials at the University of Wisconsin, University of Louisville. And um, so it's, it's a really kind of your 101 because we know patients are coming from all different sectors. They haven't touched this stuff before. So we wanted to make it a simple product line, oils that are nicely, naturally flavored that people can try for the first time, topicals that we know work that not only deliver pain relief, but also have a nice kind of texture to them that people feel comfortable using. You know, we realize there's that, there's that learning curve, right? So you really have to handhold people into that. So now our Gen 2 is going to be more on, like I mentioned, the water-soluble capsules that we know we have data behind that really absorb well, people that might not be comfortable with oils, and then, of course, some more topicals. And we're constantly developing new products. Um, we've, we've found really a lot of success with CytoCBD. In fact, we were awarded by Global Health and Pharma as the most innovative CBD company uh, late last year. So, um, you know, and, and you, you really, it's one of those things where your, your market will tell you, right. And, uh, we were in hundreds of practices and pharmacies all over the country and the testimonials we get, man, it's, it's incredible. And, and that's what, honestly, that's what helps me wake up every day and go to work is that this person who had this particular symptom, no prescription drugs were working all of a sudden they can go out and, and play with their daughter, you know? Yeah. So things like that, you know, we get those stories, not only from the patients taking it, but from the providers and the doctors. And that's where uh, we really find that collaborative potential with them to say, Hey, look, this patient's experiencing this. We can do this to help with this. And um, uh, you know, it, it's really become Cyto has become a medical brand uh, just kind of by natural, just a natural evolution. Um, you know, we never went in thinking that it would only be that, but then all of a sudden, when we started seeing how doctors were using it with their patients, we're like, okay, this is a brand that your arthritis patient might want to try or, or your patient with a skin ailment might want to try. And um, that's where we're kind of putting our focus with Cyto on now. What's your best seller so far? So we have a pain roll-on. It uh, comes in two sizes, a 250 and a 500. And it's, I mean, the, the reviews we've gotten have been dynamite. I mean, people love it. And uh, it's, it's, Mainly for uh, different uh, spot pain is what I would call it, lower back or joint or muscle pain. But um, now people like it so much, they're actually doing it almost like an everyday type of supplement just to help them relax their traps and different muscles around the body. And, um, you know, the thing with CBD is, you know, one thing, I, I, it's a really great learning. CBD isn't one of those things that's going to work immediately. It's not like you put it on and boom, it's, it works, right? This is something that builds and, and um provides that therapy for anti-inflammation over time. So it's important to remember that. So when you're talking about a topical, you might feel an instant effect, but it's probably another ingredient that is mixed with like menthol or lavender or something like that. And as far as the oils go, I would suggest everyone that takes an oil, probably give it about three to five days before you feel full of, you know, full of efficacy of what you're trying to get treatment for, because it takes time to build those cannabinoids in the system, have your body really respond and then in about three to five days, you start feeling a really good difference. And, um, you know, what we've historically seen is like, you know, if someone says, okay, I'm, I'm suffering from depression, I want to try CBD oil, they take it. It's not like, okay, all of a sudden I feel better. But when they look back a week later and they're like, hey, you know what? I had a good week that last week. I, I felt really good. I was happy. I was in a good place. So it's been really retrospective when people start realizing what, what effect it's bringing to their life. What would you say to um, new customers that come across you guys and are really interested in taking CBD? Do you have a product that you recommend or a consumption, you know, for first time users? So yeah, hundred percent. And uh, look, you know, we are a brand created for those new users who are looking for relief of 
certain ailments that they haven't found relief for. So if you were to ask me a good product to start with, I would definitely recommend our roll-on. Um, again, great reviews. And that's for people with pain, right? But if you're looking for something to help yourself with sleep or just day-to-day -day wellness, again, this is a wellness product. So I would start with, uh, we have a couple of things. If you go to our website, cytocbd.com, uh, broad spectrum oils. They have zero THC in them. Uh, we have a 750 milligram or a 1500 milligram. Start there, take it once a day right before bedtime, and you'll, you'll see a big result. And, and you guys probably work out, you're athletes, and you, know, you like to do things with your fitness. It's helped me a lot in that regard, man. I could never, I mean, I tore my MCL, all kinds of things in the past. But as I started taking CBD, all of a sudden I can run again. I'm running pretty consistently almost every day. And uh, again, that's just that general wellness. It gives you that kind of uh, anti-inflammatory effect throughout your body where you feel better the next day. So that's where I would start. Awesome. Hey, your friend, you guys got anything else? No, I was going to ask where we could buy these products from, but you just gave that plug. So it's good Hey, I years. appreciate that. Go to uh, cytocbd.com and I'll, I'll drop you guys a, a discount code here. If you put seed to cyto20, S-E-E-D-T-O-C-Y-T-O-20, uh, you'll, you'll knock off 20% off right there. So awesome. uh, feel free to let your listeners uh, you, utilize that code. That's a tinted thoughts plug right there, y'all. <laughs> That's cytocyto. Right, yep. CBD. Awesome. Do you have any other social media platforms that you want to let the people know? Yeah, we're pretty active on Instagram. Uh, that's a Cyto CBD is our handle there. And uh, if you go to YouTube and search Cyto TV, we have those 60 second videos where we launch Cyto 60. What we're doing with that is, again, medical experts all across the country commenting on commonly asked questions all the way from CBD and athletes. Actually, that was uh, our, our latest one. If, if you go on now, that's up there as well as uh, in different types of pain and sleep and skin and things like that. So um, we wanted to create information that was digestible, quick, easy view and, and yeah. go about your day. Yeah, I saw that, like the quick 60 seconds. Oh, this is what this means, right? I think that would be a great way to target users and get information out there quickly. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, that's what we're seeing, right? So with, with this podcast, for instance, I think it's perfect for people who have a commute to work or they're working out in the gym, they can listen and they're active. But for us to get that kind of attention, it's hard. So that's why it has to be something while they're scrolling. Okay, yeah. there's a topic that piques their interest. We can get their attention for about 45 seconds yeah. before they keep scrolling. So that was kind of the idea behind that. Well, look, man, this has been awesome. Really been appreciative of you know, taking your time and explaining to everybody of what the hell CBD is. Now we definitely know, and I'll pass that test I'm going to take. Yeah, you, you guys will be pros before you know it. Yeah. Actually, our boy Avery, um, who was part of the podcast as well, he has he's not here today because he just had a baby last week. So shout out to Harper Ray Smith. But we appreciate hey. your time. It's been awesome. And, uh, hey, well, congratulations to Avery and thank you guys, man. Really enjoyed this and uh, keep up the good work. I'm a big fan and I have to say it was an honor to be the interview that followed an NFL player. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It all ties together. I right, appreciate it. Peace Thanks, out, guys. Man. Later. Later.